Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Taniguzzi with Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. Joining me today is Karen Stewart, founder and CEO of Fairway Divorce Solutions. Thanks for joining us today, Karen. Thanks for having me. All right, let's talk about divorce <laughs> and separation. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about Fairway uh, and uh, what you guys do. So Fairway was actually started back in 2006. And the whole intention of Fairway was to give divorcing couples in Canada who have assets and children to protect a better way to divorce. So it's essentially a start to finish process that takes couples from start to finish. And then it coordinates quarterbacks, all the other professions uh, needed along the way. Okay, then. So, um, so is there a need for all these other professions? Uh, it depends case by case, right? <laughs> um, you know, sometimes you need business valuations. Sometimes you need pension valuations. Sometimes you need lawyers. Certainly when you're dotting the T's and or dotting the I's and crossing the T's, uh, you've got lawyers to help with the contracts for sure. Okay. What's the goal here of, of this? Like, uh, and what That's, you do. So, you know, the goal is not changed. The goal is to reduce cost, reduce time, reduce stress, and protect kids. And that really has been the four cornerstones since the day we opened many years ago. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the history of this? How did it how did it start and how and the why why it started? Well, the starting of this is a really sad, morbid story. It's my own story. <laughs> uh, I actually, um, my my previous life was an owner of a stockbroking uh, firm, in, and uh, so I had a number of employees and stockbrokers. And part of what we did was we um, we helped couples when they're going through divorce, split their assets, and and so I had an interest from a financial perspective. But what I didn't know is the universe had planned on me going through a very expensive to the tune of 500,000 plus in legal bills alone uh, from the time of 2001 to 2005, six-ish. Anyways, a very morbid, sad story about a divorce that could have been resolved in a pragmatic uh, way. The, the assets were complicated. Uh, we had a stockbroking firm and kids and stuff, but um, it didn't need to, to, the outcome didn't need to be the outcome it needed to be. And so that really, quite frankly, stirred me on, created a passion, you know, uh, probably it was a bit of a, you know, I, I don't want other people to suffer what I did. And then yeah. we ventured off and started Fairway. So um, you're based in Calgary, but do you have offices elsewhere or, or, or what's your reach uh, nationally on this? You, you know, and that's a, such a great question for an entrepreneur, because as you grow and as you expand, there's different ways of doing that. And so I was really torn between the corporate expansion model, owning everything or franchising. Okay. And I have to say that journey has been very interesting, but we're very committed uh, to the um, to the franchise model. We have 13 offices across Canada. Wow. And, um, uh, you know, again, a bit of ups and downs. I'm sure we can have some maybe some time to chat about that as an entrepreneur's journey. But yes, we are a franchise model in a very non- traditional franchise business. 
Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny, right? Because most you most think of a you know uh, fast food restaurants or, or stuff like that as, as franchise models, but uh, and of course uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, who are your clients? Like, uh, who typically uh, walks in the door and uh, seeks your services? <laughs> well, I guess the obvious is is they're people who are getting divorced. They're people like you and me. They're people who you know they they find themselves. I'm not saying you've been divorced, but I'm just saying. Um, they're people who find themselves uh, faced with the doorsteps on the doorsteps of divorce who have something to protect. So that something could be assets that they've worked all their life to uh, build and save, or it could be children. And typically, I mean, we're not the cheapest. We're, you know, we, there's lots of cheaper alternatives. We take great pride in trying to be the best. And I think we are the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Our competition tends to be more the matrimonial lawyer. So we're really the alternative to hiring two lawyers and fighting it out. That's that's where we play. Have you uh, looked at uh, a, the typical cost of, of, of you know, uh, how does that compare to, say, a, a, a traditional a divorce? I don't know if you can quantify that in any way for us. You, you know, that's that's a great question. And um, the legal system does put out research stats every now and again. But of course, they're based on voluntary um, submission of, of data. So we can, you know, roughly say um, roughly that the average divorce for a couple in Canada would range probably 16 to 18,000 per person. Now, um, that is so you're looking 30 to 40. Uh, of course, if there's any issues of contention or argument or court or affidavit, you're up at the hundred thousand. We yeah. tend to play in somewhere between the eight thousand and twenty-five, thirty thousand range per couple. Okay. Can you talk about uh you know the the growth uh that you've seen in the company, like um, you know. <laughs> Through the period of time since inception, uh, uh, how has it grown? Uh, you know, obviously with the franchising model now, yes. but prior to, to, to that, uh, did you notice any peaks and valleys uh, uh, in your journey? Well, I would say uh, the, the market of divorce has been pretty stable. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, there's about a 40 to 50% chance of people who get married getting divorced. That's been the same. What has really changed is the openness to alternative dispute resolution. So when I started this, oh my gosh, I had so many arrows in my back. It was absolutely horrible, the (laughs) amount of um, uh, people that were trying to take me down. And I, um, those were tough times because I was a new person on the block, challenging status quo, you know, doing what I felt was in the best interest of mankind and people in Canada and beyond Canada to, to approach the, the breakdown of a marriage in a better way. Fast forward to today, and there's tons of competition. So I guess that's mm. a compliment, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, in terms of being an entrepreneur, uh, Karen, uh, what would you say your, your toughest challenge is? Or what, first of all, in the past and maybe even in the present. So I think, you know, it, it's it's such a I love this conversation because are you born an entrepreneur? Are you made an entrepreneur? I think I fall into the category of born entrepreneur. 
And with that comes some great assets and some great um, challenges because as a true you know, entrepreneur, typically you're a visionary. So you th- see things beyond their time. So that means you might get into a market so- too soon. You might be too ahead of the game. And I've done that uh, on a couple of occasions. Um, I, you know, I think the benefit is, is, you know, you work for yourself, you've got flexibility, but really the opposite is it's 24 uh, seven. Yeah. You, you know, you don't have, you know, you have stability, you have no stability. Uh, you don't really have a, a collaboration. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky I have a, a wonderful board, but still I'm the captain of the ship. And if I steer it in the wrong direction, direction, I'm going to hit an iceberg and go down. And really the person who's accountable is me. So it's a bit of a lonely journey. uh, I think in a emotional, psychological way, even though you may be surrounded by a lot of people. Yeah. What do you think it takes to be an entrepreneur? Oh, stupidity. No, (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I think it takes, I, I think it takes somebody who absolutely believes uh, in what they're doing, why they're doing it and how they're doing it. So I think there has to be a law, uh, you know, that's what takes it to be an entrepreneur. I think there's a big difference to be an entrepreneur and be a successful entrepreneur. Um, uh, and I think it takes tenacity. And uh, in this day and age, uh, a lot of tenacity. Now, no pun intended, uh, considering your line of work, but uh, uh, where does passion fit in uh, when it comes to to entrepreneur? Like, uh, uh, do you have to have that passion for something to be successful? I just finished an amazing book, and I'm trying to remember his name, but he talked about how passion was just a, a, a endless trail of disappointment. And in fact, what we should be doing is we should be becoming crafts people, craftsmen, crafts people at what we do. And I think that's really for me, um, you know, for me, I was passionate about making a difference, but that only lasts for so long when you're trying to pay bills and you're trying to hire right people and you, you know, you make more mistakes than you make successes. Um, I think there has to be a craftsmanship that you feel you're an expert and you have something of great value to offer uh, the people who work for you, the people who work with you and then your end end user. So when you, uh, you know, embarked on this journey, were there any, uh, mentors that helped you along the way, or any like you mentioned a book, but but any books that and uh, uh, or even examples of uh, uh, people uh, that you followed. So you know, I'm uh, uh, you know I graduated with an MBA in 1988, so that gives you an idea of sort of you know when I was when I graduated, there was literally a little paragraph in one of the textbooks about entrepreneurship. Um, so I grew up in a time when there was not a lot of female mentors to yeah. emulate. So a lot of my mentors were male coaches. And I did, um, from a very young career age, I hired, um, I always had a coach. And, you know, I went through a strategic coach. I'd hire independent coaches. I also belonged to organizations like tech and uh, the EO. And, uh, uh, and, and I tried to surround myself with other people 
who I could learn from, but there was nobody. And that was, I think, the biggest challenge that I could look at where I could say, okay, I'm starting a Subway competitor. I can just emulate what Subway does, do it better, do it faster, do it cheaper. I couldn't do that. And that's been the hardest thing is trying to find a niche in a niche that I had to create. Mm, yeah, exactly. Now, I, I, I'm interested about your your reference to coaches and, uh, you know, tell me, uh, I guess, the benefits of, of having coaches. You know, there's, you know, I shouldn't say a dime a dozen, but it, there almost seems to be like everybody's a coach out there now, uh, out there, you know, uh, you, you scroll through LinkedIn and you see tons of them, right? Uh, <laughs> what are the benefits uh, that, uh. that you've uh, seen through that? Am I allowed to say a, a slight swear word? <laughs> sure, I don't care. <laughs> they call you on your shit. How's that? Um, uh, so I think, I think uh, you know, I've had good coaches. I've had great coaches. I've had poor coaches. Um, I think having a coach that has some um, skill or acumen around the area that you're in helps because they can be more strategic. Mm-hmm. But for me... It was always about somebody listening to what I had to say and challenging uh, the way I was thinking and or encouraging me to uh, think differently. I was not somebody, I never have been somebody who needed somebody to, to hold me to goals or accountability because I was, I'm, I'm uber over accountable and goal oriented probably to my demise. But having a, a sounding board, um, I just am a huge advocate, whether it's a counselor because you're going through challenges in life, whether it's a coach because you're trying to, you know, figure the whole thing out. I don't I think we all need that sounding board. So I'm a I'm a true believer in that and have done it my entire career. What do you think, especially in this field? Um what do you think you bring to the table as an entrepreneur um, and as a uh, advocate of, of what you're doing by being female as opposed to being male? Uh, I think I think females have a this is what I, my experience has shown me that females, not all, but the talented ones have a way of seeing the big picture and the context very clearly without getting lost in the inertia. Mm. So it's the ability to apply analytical skills, uh, a lot of experience and intelligent worked in with intuition and a little bit of that mother earth caring component. Um, Women typically are very good multitaskers. And when you're running an organization and you have so many areas that you need to have your eyes on, I think that helps. I think the other thing Hmm. that maybe as a female, because I'm also a very, because of my financial background, I'm an anomaly in that I have a very strong analytical financial side to me, but I'm also very caring and loving and empathetic. And I think the structure of Fairway has been able to embrace that sort of qualities within the design of our process and our franchise system. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had someone come to you and and say they're interested in becoming an entrepreneur, uh, what advice would you give them? I would really want to understand what they meant by the word. 
Um, I think that the word has been overused and I would like to see it start to fall into silos. So is it a contract entrepreneur? Is it a, you know, like starting to see silos on entrepreneurship because entrepreneurship is not just about going out and biting the bullet and facing your fears and starting a company. It's Mm -hmm. also a mindset. And it's interesting because right now, um, over the next probably six months to a year-ish, I'm looking at hiring a certain person. And they've got to have that fine balance between an entrepreneur. So you can have an entrepreneur within your organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I would really want them to understand how they define it and then get really clear about that definition and then match that to whatever they're thinking they're doing. And then it's like a checkbox, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned earlier about, you know, working 24-7 and, and stuff. So, you know, in, in this day and age, you know, uh, you know, we talk a lot about work-life balance. And uh, where do you find it? Do you, first of all, do you think you have it? And uh, I, I absolutely have it. And I'll tell you, that is another benefit of being a female. Uh-huh. Um, I was a single mom and I raised three children on my own. I didn't have a choice but to have work-life balance. It was not even a conversation. Yeah. It was never even a conversation I had my, with myself or anybody had with me because it was innate in my roles. Now, today, my kids are a little bit, they're older. My youngest is in university. The other two are, have, uh, uh, have careers. Um, you know, my husband and I are um, adventure seekers. So we do high altitude climbing. We travel the world. We do extreme sports. So you know, one of my favorite things is to climb beyond, you know, 14,000 feet where you don't have a lot of oxygen and all you are is with your thoughts and your steps. And there's nothing more humbling and challenging and grounding um, because your brain doesn't work the same in those lack of oxygen areas. So we, we do a lot of that. We're extreme skiers. Uh, We're both very athletic. We, you know, and we push ourselves, and I and I and again, that's probably a type A personality, right? Too, but <laughs> so why why do you think you're attracted to these kinds of uh, pursuits? Well, I think that there again, an entrepreneur probably a real entrepreneur, a born entrepreneur probably has a little bit of an adrenaline addiction. Mm. Um, you know, you've got to have that certain, uh, you know. Bzz, Uh, that's that's moving you along to perhaps take more risks see opportunities with others can't see them to be that mindset so I think that that's just innate a bit to the personality Um, I think that I'm not an adrenaline junkie anymore I think I've chilled out Um, but I'm now just challenging myself to be the best that I can be and I don't think just sitting and working in business is about being the best you can be because we want to be the best we can be as a parent, as a spouse, as a daughter, as a sister, as a mother, as a boss. That's really what life is about. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a pleasure talking to you, uh, Karen. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. That was a lot of fun. All right, super. That was Karen Stewart, who was founder and CEO of Fairway Divorce Solutions based in Calgary. I'm Mario Toneguzzi with Calgary's podcast on Canada's Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us today.